Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, April 2nd, 2012. Time for 10 dozen minutes of things and stuff with Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jick is going to be on the line. Or else. Hey, buddy. Welcome. How's it going, Mr. Skullhead? Yeah, I hear what you're saying about internet connectivity. Oh, there we go. You were, you had, a, like, a three yellow bars instead of four green bars for a bit there. <clears throat> huh. So try I on green, was I on green bar paper? Yeah, just try and have more bars. Did I play my yellow card? That's where you say, it's okay for me to make fun of Asians because I am Asian. Oh, I thought the yellow card was when you uh, said, it's okay for me to make fun of crappy emo bands because I'm N1. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Mr. Skullhead? It's okay for me to start believing in ghost stories because I'm N1. Anyway, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Hanging in there. Weather it's is okay changing. for you to be on a ghost ship. Right. Weather is changing, and that means that it's changing inside of my skull, as it usually yeah. does. And, you have uh, problems with your face? I mean, more than the usual problems you have with your face. Right. Uh, my face being all fucked up to uh, actually... Not just to the visual sense, as it usually is. But, uh, yeah, getting by. Squirting various things up my nose. Swallowing Neat. pills. How are you doing? Are you, uh, do you take a Claritin? I don't. I have a I have a Nasonex, which is recommended okay. by Antonio Banderas as a B, and I have a Singular, which is recommended by some guy with a really fast voice who talks about your bowels exploding. Hmm. Uh, do uh do, do what kind of things do you squirt up your nose? Is that a thing? Yeah, well, like Nasonex is a squirt up the nose. I see. And then uh, I'm still doing the neti pot on occasion. But I had to get mm-hmm. me some distilled water so that I wouldn't die from brain amoebas. Oh, yeah? Are you going to get brain amoebas if you use the tap water? Apparently, in, if you live in Louisiana, there were a couple of people who died from uh, neti pot. Uh, like, in the tap water, there were brain-eating amoebas. Neti pot goes right in your nose where the amoebas like it, and they swim right up and eat your brain. Wow! It's, it sounds like something that should not be true. But uh-huh. it, it is. It's like an urban legend that's too grotesque to be real that is real. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a thing that, you know, you would almost never find out about when it happened, because who, who does a neti pot, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, wow. That's, that's, something to, that's something to worry about then. If I guess it's only in Louisiana, though. Well, you never know. They're like, because Louisiana has a lot of lakes and a lot of water and... Raining mm. amoebas like living oh, in see. such things. I guess somewhere up in northern Minnesota, there was someone who died after getting a brain-eating amoeba in their nose in a lake. Mm. And that was enough to say, you know, I'm just going to switch to the like bottled distilled water. I think that would be enough to make me not uh, ever do it again. <laughs> Although I guess you can't really help it. I mean, so then do... Uh, like, wouldn't that happen if you were like taking a shower? Because I remember reading a thing that's like, frequent showers can cause you to get uh, too much manganese, and you get manganese poisoning. Huh. I think that's only if you shower with a bunch of mangoes. Right. Or people, if, you, if, you're, if you're trying to learn their language. Yeah, people from the nation of Mangan. I, uh, um, no, because you, you, you have to be submerged in water and get it in your nose. I see. Because then once it gets you know, far enough up the nose that it can hit some some uh, fluid, then it's just a quick hop, skip, and a jump to your brain, and then munch, 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 and then dead in, like, a day. I did see, wow, man, I did see some uh, picture that was from some health book 
from the 80s, I'm guessing, that showed a triangle on a kid's face, and it says, this is the triangle in which you should not pop pimples, because an infection there will go straight into your fucking brain. <laughs> There's all that stuff about just, like, your nose being the way, the, just, like, right into your brain. There's no... There's no lymphatic controls between those two. Uh-huh. Yeah, which I guess is why uh, cocaine works so well. That's also why you can reach up into your nose with the, like, little me- mechanical arm thing and pull out the tracker unit that's up there. Yeah, they keep that by your brain. Yeah. Because they embed so it that- in your brain, but you can just jam that thing up there. And, and that way they can see if your mind is wandering. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so I had a dream uh, last night. Speaking of cocaine, so we had this we had this thing that happened uh, when we were in San Francisco. Where at the end of the very end of our trip, we were like, "Boy, we sure do have a lot of beer left in this fridge. We're gonna have to drink all of this beer on the last day." And then uh, we also have a lot of the uh, medically necessary uh, marijuana that we acquired at the very beginning. This this shows you what what giant stoners we are, Mr. Skull. At the beginning of the month of March, we purchased one gram of medical marijuana, and we made it through almost a third of that marijuana in the month of March. Um, But it it was just two of you smoking it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had this big plan. We were like, yeah, let's let's not drink at dinner so we can go home and smoke some more of that dope. Yeah. Uh, Because that's what we like to do. We like to do that, and then we like to talk about it on the internet so that we can never, ever run for office. Um, but yeah, we just didn't do it. But for whatever reason, that combined with eating some goat cheese at uh, the, the the place that my, my gal and I went out to dinner last night turned into a dream where we were about to leave a rental house that we were in somewhere. It was the end of a trip. It was the last day. And it was we had like an hour before the, the new tenants showed up and we had to like, you know, do whatever and get out of there. And I was like, oh, crap, hot stuff. We've got all this cocaine that we bought because we decided that this trip was where we were finally going to try cocaine. <laughs> uh, but but it was actually cocaine in goat cheese form that you spread on a cracker and ate. Sure, like uh, instead of cocaine, yeah. Instead of snorting. Yeah, it was that that kind. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we took a bunch of it and then I freaked out in my dream. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. You can tell the show's off to a off off with a bang, off to a running start when I start talking about a dream that I had about some cheese. But it's a a dream about this one time that you did drugs, which is the other kind of story that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I I feel like I've heard that, but I feel like both kinds of story are interesting to me. Like even though the all you can ever say after somebody tells you about a dream they had is, "Whoa, that was a pretty fucked up dream, bro." I, I'm still interested to hear it, and I'm still interested I mean, I, to hear I, yeah, like the fuck I always find it interesting to compare the kinds of things that happen in other people's dreams to the kinds of things that happen in my dreams, and like just like you know, what does that mean? Like what? It, it, because it it is like such a. I feel like there are comparatively few things in the world that are extremely common and extremely poorly understood. <laughs> you know, and and so it's like I don't know. It's like it's like territory that's really fun to think about because it's not important. Right? Yeah. It's just it's just like this really interesting curiosity about being human that you get to share. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, it's like it's almost like it's this trope to say that stories about dreams are boring. But like I just never find them to be so. But it's like somebody who's bad at telling stories might tell a story about a dream in a way that doesn't make it a very good story. Right. Uh, and you know, maybe maybe that maybe that happens with me. 
I think when it's you, like a lot of times when I start telling somebody about a dream, there's this whole vivid recollection of it, and as the telling begins, uh, it's clear how many details are missing. So yeah. you end up with, yeah. So we were in this house, and then there was this chick with like a hat and the squirrel. It was really weird. I uh, I wrote something down because I was going to to talk to you about it. I and I was I did this as I was messing around with my phone a lot yesterday. I spent six hours yesterday. Not not an active six hours. It just took six hours updating my phone to the newest version of the OS, which is complicated because I've switched computers since the last time I did it, and iTunes is just a clusterfuck. Right. Uh, Anyway, but in doing that, I I was just dicking around with my phone and flipping through some old stuff that I hadn't looked at in a while, including a note that I left for myself after a dream that I had about you that I wanted to talk to you about on the radio. <laughs> um, and it was it was a joke that you had told about a bartender who, as a result of this situation that you described to me, said, <clears throat> and this was the punchline, you want I should need you this bed? But it was K-N-E-A-D instead of N-E-E-D. And I woke up in the middle of the night thinking, ah, oh, this will be a great story. That's a, I had a story about Scully writing a funny joke, and I wrote down the punchline so I wouldn't forget how great this thing was. And then <laughs> that, that was it. That was all that consisted of. You want I should need you this bed. Uh, is that ringing any bells? Did you have no, the same so. dream? Dude. No, I did have this dream where I had to sleep in a bunch of bread dough. Mm. So, uh, if he had uh, asked me that, I would have answered When yes. I woke up, <laughs> all of my bread dough was gone. And I didn't want breakfast. Uh, bed, spreaders and, bed spreaders and bread spreaders. Maybe, that's, maybe that was the genesis of that one. I, something that I find bothers me about people's drug stories is that very many of them seem like they're made up. Yeah. Like, maybe, you know, m- maybe when Zlyania took mushrooms, she had a little imaginary friend who was a little blue hippopotamus that told her stories Elephant. about things. But I just don't, I don't really believe that. Hmm. And I, and I, I mean, it's. See, just, I was with her when that happened, though. Yeah. And she, like, the first time that we met her was at a party where she was tripping balls and we didn't know it. And she asked us to watch her elephant while she went to the bathroom. We said, sure. And she came back and apparently he was still there, which is good because that would have fucked up our friendship right away if we lost huh. her elephant. And I mean, maybe it's. It, weeks it was later, just, we, we it was asked just her so what. On the she, nose, you know? Like weeks later, we found out that she was high. So what's up with that? She said, yeah, there's a little pink elephant that follows me around a lot of the time when I'm on shrooms. So yeah, that's cool. I just have such a hard time believing that that's a real thing. Still, even you know, it's like I. Yeah, I don't know, man. Some uh, there there was my ex-wife had a friend who was just like a real big, like. It's hard to say, right? This guy will tell people stuff about how he's, like, going to college, and it's a real college, and he's studying a science that is real and eventually going to be a real scientist or whatever. And that's why it's so cool that he's also really, really into drugs and thinks that everybody should do every drug all the time because he's going to be a chemist, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, it's just that there's this kind of guy that that is, and 
in my experience, that kind of guy is always kind of a douche. Um, <laughs> and, you know, maybe he grows up to be Timothy Leary, who, uh, you know, as far as I know, maybe Timothy Leary was kind of a douche. Uh, you know, I, there's so there's like Aldous Huxley, I guess. So he wrote some pretty cool books and was also a pretty big proponent of mind-expanding drugs. Right. I don't really know... I don't know of any work of significant value that Timothy Leary did. That doesn't. I'm not saying that there isn't any. I'm just saying that I don't know of any. You know, Timothy Leary doesn't have a. Uh, doesn't have a. Uh, what do you? What do you like? A like a Brave New World. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even to the extent that, like, I don't know if like Jack Kerouac ever. Uh, like, I've never read anything by Jack Kerouac, but people like him. You know, Ginsburg and all those guys, they produced a body of work and also were big drug enthusiasts, like very vocal drug enthusiasts. Right. And I guess, you know, like the Beatles went through... Did the Beatles go through a phase where they were overtly like, hey, everybody should drop acid? Or were they just like, no, we dropped acid once and then we wrote this song? I think they denied that any of their songs were about acid, but they were all about expanding the mind, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. This guy... Do you think it's just that anyone who is a, like, zealot advocate of anything is super annoying? Yeah, it's, it's like, possible. Oh my god, you guys, I fucking, since I started running marathons, I, it's been fucking awesome. Did you know that the human body is actually super just perfect for running marathons, that that's the exact amount of of space that you should run we're like evolutionary designed to run marathons and you you know i got these fucking shoes because it's like running barefoot because barefoot's really the best because we're designed the human body is designed and optimized for running marathons dude like that guy's fucking annoying too yeah he so. is pretty annoying he is uh, you know and i wonder sometimes if i am if if part of my reluctance my reluctance if part of my reluctance to ever say anything good about anything <laughs> is is that I'm worried ab- about coming across as a guy like that right you know it's like i like the 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 way that i eat i believe very strongly that this is a cool thing to do and that it's there's a lot of a lot of benefits to it but i i hate talking i am so embarrassed to talk to anybody about it because I'm afraid I'm going to come across like some weird, like Atkins zealot or or whatever, you know, like whatever, yeah. whatever kind of like. I guess this is more like the paleo guys that will talk about it a lot. Yeah, you know, and just get and 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 so I mean maybe that's why I'm such a sarcastic prick. <laughs> maybe that's why all critics, you know, it's it's so much easier to be funny when you don't like something. Oh man! You know what I just realized? This this uh, happens every once in a while, and it makes me really excited. I have forgotten to watch Zero Punctuation for like four or five months. I must have uh, I must have let that bookmark slide off of a, a page that I saw or something. So now I can go back and watch four or five months worth of Zero Punctuation. Huh, excellent! Hooray! The whole time I was in uh, San Francisco, I was at a different computer than the one that had my uh, my. Uh, webcomic bookmarks so I also didn't read any of my webcomics for like a month well you've got some work to do it is weird it is weird that that becomes such an out of sight out of mind thing it makes me wonder how successfully I could like manipulate my productivity by just not like obfuscating my bookmarks to distractions behind just one additional click Uh like just if I just put it 
if I put my bookmarks folder for my webcomics, instead of being on the bookmarks bar of my browser at the office, if it was in a folder in the middle of the screen so that it was always obscured by anything that I was doing that involved doing any work. Huh. I don't know. Anyway, this drug, this drug guy, he pulled a thing out of his freezer. It was a bag. And he said, in this bag, <clears throat> there is a little vial of the chemical that your brain releases when you die. <laughs> that was his... It was... I mean, I, was, I think I've talked about this guy before. But yeah, that guy... Screw that guy. I don't want to hear... guy. I, you know, I don't want to hear that guy's story. It's like, what I, I... I mean, I think what I want about a drug story is just the highlights. And I think that's the same thing that I want about a dream story, right? Which right. is why I feel like a dream story, uh, an optimal dream story, I think is maybe like three sentences long, right? You describe the broad strokes if they're interesting enough to make a good three-sentence story, and then you're done. Right. Of course, I'm going to describe, you know, what I just did as being the perfect way to do a thing. One thing I don't mind evangelizing is myself. Yeah. Like, dude, seriously, you don't understand how awesome I am. It's like the the human body is optimized to appreciate me. Yeah, it totally is. <clears throat> I don't buy that fucking toad running shoes thing at all because, like, yeah, maybe we did evolve to run barefoot, but we sure as shit did not run... We did not evolve to be walking around barefoot at the age of 40 because we, like... Fucking the universe does not give a shit if we live past 30 or not. Right. Uh, and is not making any affordances along that axis. So, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I spend a lot of time barefoot, and I am I do worry sometimes that I have screwed up my feet. Hmm. But, you know, I, I mean, like, you get, like, flat-footed or whatever, and I guess that's bad. I don't know. Yeah. What are you going to do? Feet are fucked up. Your body just wears out anyway. But yeah. I, yeah. It's really weird to that so many people that I know are into the, like, running half marathons and marathons now. And it, it's... I was thinking today that it's it's odd how annoyed I get when a friend of mine says, like, yeah, I'm, I've gone vegetarian. I haven't eaten meat in, like, a month. Or... Yeah, I quit drinking. Uh, yeah, I started running half marathons. I've been training. I've run like five of them. It pisses me off, and I'm not sure why. Is it just jealousy? Is it like a a fear that we all need to start doing these like good for you things that aren't any fun, and that fun time is over? Like it, it's probably a little bit of both. But it, every time somebody's like, "Yeah, I've been quit eating meat," even if they're not being a dick about it, it's like, "Yeah, fuck you." Fuck you. I mean, I guess me. the thing the thing that I would uh, I I would be irritated if somebody said, "Yeah, I've decided to be a vegetarian. I haven't eaten any meat in a month." Is like, "You know what? Like talk to me in a year and you can legitimately say that you've decided to be a vegetarian." Uh-huh. Like I just I I have found for myself that the less I talk about doing something, the more I do it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of in a lot of ways, that's the hallmark of a person that you know whether you can take them seriously or not. Like, somebody who talks a lot about the shit that they're doing, instead of being too busy doing something to talk about it, is like, uh, you know, just the, like, the guy with the big idea is going to make a fortune, as opposed to, like, the guy who's just sitting over there quietly because he's, you know, been working on something and made a fortune. Like, right. it's it's harder to find that guy, but he's much nicer to talk to once you do. 
Like, I remember the guy who would tell you about how he had this totally awesome idea and he was going to make a whole bunch of money and quit his job after you had quit your job because you had made enough money to do that. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mind vegetarians. I I don't remember if I talked about this on the radio, but we went to a... uh, uh, like a friend's girlfriend came into town to visit uh, a little while before you got there or maybe when you were there and we went to a vegan Mexican restaurant uh-huh. and it was okay yeah like there was some stuff there that I thought wow that was a really good I mean it's also like the top rated vegan restaurant in the area that we were in or whatever uh-huh. but but it was like you know this was there were a lot of things on these plates that if they had put these in front of me at a normal restaurant I would not have said oh what the fuck is this vegan bullshit you know and I don't really have I don't have a problem with somebody being vegan I don't have a problem with somebody being vegetarian but like somebody you know announcing their plans all the time uh-huh. somebody going for I mean it's like it, it's as though you are doing this thing entirely for the reassurance and the validation that you will get when you tell people and they respond positively and I think things like that are not going to stick like if you're not doing it if you don't genuinely believe that this is a thing, if you're doing this because you think you're supposed to, then I don't think it's going to stick. Yeah. Also, fucking running. Running is just bad for you. And it, it like, sure, it, it will get you in better cardiovascular shape, and maybe your legs will get more tone or whatever. But, I mean, I remember talking to my doctor, and he was like, these people are like, I don't understand it, doc. I run 10 miles a day. How can, I ha- how can my knees be wearing out? And he said... <laughs> Well, you run ten miles a day. That's like, like I've just always, I've always been, just personally, because I know that my knees are not long for this earth, even less so than the rest of me. Like, the last thing that I want to do is something where I have to fucking run. Yeah, because it just it hurts, and I never have had the right kind of shoes for it, and it's no fun. That's because you're wearing shoes, man. Yeah, I guess that's the problem. Did you know there yeah. was a dude from Kenya who ran the New York Marathon fucking barefoot and he came in like third place? Uh-huh. Of course, he came back the next year with shoes and won. Yeah. But that's what you... That, that's not the the part that you hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying don't exercise, but don't fucking run, man. People are dying left and right trying to run marathons. Like, I, I remember seeing this thing that was like, look at how many people have died running marathons in the last 10 years. And then looking at, like, looking at that versus how many people have even tried to run a marathon. Uh-huh. And it's just going up and up and up because everybody thinks they should be able to run a marathon. As opposed to, like, no, running a marathon is a fucking crazy outlier feat of endurance. That, like, sure, if you worked really hard at it, some fraction of the population could do it. Right. But, like, the people that did it before were the people who were interested in it and cut out for it, as opposed to people who had to work really hard and then maybe have a heart attack. Yeah. In the middle of it. Yeah. Fucking running, man. Ugh. Running. What is it good for? Getting from place to place in a hurry, I guess. Maybe that's why it annoys me when people say they've started running. Because it's something that... I just can't fathom why you would ever want to do it, and there are so many other ways that you could get into shape. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the do same you do, thing that when you when you, when you're at a gym just doing cardio stuff. Do you do an elliptical or do you do a treadmill? I do an elliptical. I've I don't know what it is. I've never the 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 just the motion of using an elliptical is so uncomfortable to me, and I think I've just never used one that was set up right for somebody that's my height. Yeah. Um, because it feels like I'm. It feels like the the best way for me to get that elliptical to do the thing that it's supposed to do is to lock my knees together and run using only my calves. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, because otherwise, otherwise, I just constantly it feels like the ground is falling out from under me, and I can never get it's lurchy, and it just is never. There's never a comfortable step. Yeah, I uh, I for the first time in a long time biked to and from work again today. Every time I get back into town from somewhere, I'm like, all right. Fresh start, gonna bike to work, and uh, then I do it. And then the next day, there's something heavy that needs to go from my house to the office, and so I drive once, and then it's just all over. Yeah. So I'm gonna try and bike again tomorrow. I don't have anything that I have to take to the office, and the weather is fucking beautiful here now. Yeah. It is here too. Although I was going into a headwind today, it was harder than it needed to be. <laughs> It's like going slightly uphill the entire time. And then also, on the way home, I was going into a fucking headwind, too. The fuck is that, world? What are you trying to pull? You mean the wind sometimes blows different directions? What the hell? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, sometimes it's just blowing straight down. <laughs> that's, that's sort of neutral. It's like I feel a little bit heavier. I feel like shorter. Yeah. My hair looks great. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? Yeah, we had a birthday party for a friend on Saturday. Nothing major. Vaginal blood farts. Wife turned 31. Yeah, you had it at your house or you went to it? Well, I went to it house. at somebody else's house. Had an uh, overnight babysitter, so I drank uh, like almost an entire growler full of beer. Ooh. And that was lovely. Uh, Rogue's Dead Guy Ale. Nice. Fucking delicious. Yeah, I like so, some of that. Good time was had by all. What have you been doing? Not much. That Dead Guy was one of the few uh, sort of like crafty beers that I was able to get my dad into. Hmm. He liked that pretty well. Of all that, like I would constantly get him to try stuff, and he didn't. He didn't like a whole lot of it. He was more of a uh, he was more of a bush kind of guy. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, back in town, kind of kind of nice to be home. I spent all of yesterday cleaning my room. And then all of today cleaning my office, huh. and also some some dicking around on the computer, some some updating of phones. Got this sweet thing now where from the lock screen on my phone, you can very quickly get to the camera. Like they figured out that that's a thing that people want is huh. to like whip out their phone and very quickly take a picture of something. Like, oh man, I've never seen a dick that big before. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's my own dick. Of course I have. <laughs> um. <clears throat> took a couple showers that was pretty cool sat in some comfortable chairs uh, which is a thing that I didn't get to do a lot of while we were in San Francisco that place didn't have a lack of uh, lounging furniture you know the living room was full of nice comfortable lounging furniture it's just that it wasn't full of any internet until they they came and installed a new uh, router so there would be an actual upstairs internet that only the upstairs part of that building can use uh, the day before we left so <laughs> That's pretty handy for the next guy. Ah, but yeah. 
got uh, I got to I got to reset up. I got to take all the gear that I took to San Francisco and reset up the studio at the office. But uh, here, I just had to pop my laptop in, and everything just worked. That's the thing about Windows; it just works, Mister Scalhead. Uh, that's what I've heard. Um. Well, I guess we could start talking about a Kingdom of Loathing kind of thing, thing sure. stuff. Uh, the the first uh, radio question is the first thing that I wanted to talk about. Anyway, there were a lot of people in that thread that were like, "Oh man, I can't wait to hear how they justify this bullshit on the radio show." Although I think most people are fairly uh, fairly open to it. Wack writes, Boris Helm. I'm a bit dismayed with this item for several reasons, mostly because you can use it in Boris Hardcore, but not regular Hardcore. I just feel that you've made this item only relevant for the current path, and it will be useless for any future Hardcore runs, path or no path, when Boris is not the challenge path. Also, it's an item of equipment that you can pull in Hardcore, which has up to now always been the domain of Softcore. That being said, I'd like to hear about what went into the design process for this item so that I can be less mad. I would ask more specific questions about this item of the month, but I don't want to assume anything until I know what your goal is. Um, there, There are... There are a lot of objections to this, uh, specific ones that have that have been voiced, and they they are, I think, in large part, this is a it it somehow violates a thing that up until now had been uh, sanct sanctitious. Sanct- what do you sanctified? What do you? Well, yeah, what do you? What, sacrosanct. Sacrosanct. Is there? Is that really? Is that really it? Is sanctity? If something has sanctity, it is sacrosanct. Yes. Okay. Uh, the 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 no gear in hardcore thing, and uh, there's there's a lot of directions to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna meander around this. Um, one thing, and this is a thing that that CD Moyer pointed out in the thread about the item of the month, is that I I would have liked for these challenge paths to exist outside of the softcore hardcore divide because it is it is sort of a constant nagging thorn in our sides that we have to think about both sides of that coin when we're trying to make the path fun you know because we need to do something where like it's a challenge that is not trivially surmountable if you have pulls and it is also a challenge that is not like just completely insurmountable if you're in a hardcore run and don't have pulls right like and it's I don't know I it makes us it makes us have to work a little harder which is probably fine right like it's it that that restriction is probably a thing that makes us design things smarter and if we can maintain the whole like a hardcore run takes approximately twice as long as a softcore run in general, then I think we're probably okay on that. But this thing being usable in Boris Hardcore, in my mind, is not at all connected to what hardcore is. It is just an aspect of what hardcore Boris is. And for people who aren't, like, gunning for the leaderboards, I think a hardcore Boris is pretty hard and is, you know, a thing that could stand some beefing up with some more powerful tools, right? And so that was the thing that, that we wanted this to be. And, and Chris did a very good job of, of describing a lot of the thought process that went into this. And it's always, 
it is always a simpler thought process than anybody expects. And it is like, what's a thing that we could make that would be fun to play with? Right? <clears throat> the the people who are describing it as a cash grab are just wrong. And, and I think that for the most part, people who have been paying attention understand that and are, you know, are, are sticking up for us in the forums about it. Because when we make an item of the month that is a piece of gear, that's basically just deciding to make half as much money as we would if it wasn't a piece of gear. Right. And this is on the, on the heels of a month where we made an item of the month that was a ton of work that almost nobody was excited about because of the challenge path right. that was, that was running. And it's like, it, like it, if we keep doing things like this, like we're just bad at cash grabs. Right. And, and it's fine. It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm freaking out about the future. It's just like, you know, it's, it's okay. We, we, as, as I've always said, our practices render us resistant to short-term reductions in cash flow. Like, it's, we're, we're okay, right? Deciding to make the item, the item pullable in hardcore... So, I did not, I did not really <clears throat> consider... Well, okay. One post that was made that I, I think we are probably going to do... And, and I hope, I hope to fuck, although I don't hold out a lot of faith, I hope that we can do this without upsetting people, but rather than it being a free pull, just having it be a thing that appears in your letter from Ralph, if you are in a Boris run, I think would frame it in a way that rubbed a lot fewer people the wrong way. Huh. Right, in terms of it just being a pure power creep thing. If I had thought of that, that is totally the way that I would have done it. And so that's one of those suggestions. It's like, oh, fuck, yeah, of course. Of course that's how we should have done this. Um, because it's like, it's it's the same thing, basically. Like, we'd have to figure out how to how to deal with people for the, like, transitional period or whatever. Um, I, we probably should have done this last month instead of this month. Um, although uh, seeing it as a tool for re-injecting uh, some some life into what may have been people's flagging enthusiasm for the challenge path might have been fine. Right. Um, the the complaints that, and this is this is always the thing. The complaints that do bother me a little because I because I am afraid that they are legitimate are the complaints that the item just doesn't consist of much because it totally doesn't you know it as far as items of the month go this was an extremely simple one but it, it and and it was a gamble to make an item of the month that was this simple right like that that to me was more of a risky move than the the hardcore usability in Boris. The the fact that it was accidentally a thing that you could donate for in a regular hardcore run uh-huh. Like the fact that that became a thing was I'm like ah fuck that like that would have been worth a certain segment of the population getting pissed off about and I would have had to admit that they were right because that was totally unintentional I just didn't that did not occur to me because I I don't think about the fact that people will donate and run like I just I just doesn't occur to me um <clears throat> okay uh, let's let's reel this back. There's a question later, actually, uh, 
that says uh, Paragon 99 uh, writes with all the new challenge paths and such being made are you worried you'll ever have too much content uh, and I'll get to the rest of his question later but that's the the thing that the challenge paths have done for us is it has made it so we can do the thing that we're good at which is developing content without making the base game ever increasingly more and more complex right which is the thing that we do worry about because it we don't necessarily worry about it from the same point of view that the dick stabbers worry about it from but we worry about it from the point of view of somebody coming in and like trying to like we don't want this to be a thing that people come into and think i'm never going to be able to understand this right. right so the challenge paths are fantastic there's only ever one of them meaningfully going on at a time um uh, you know, we we eventually may end up with a situation where there's a lot of broken options for like sticking around in Aftercore after the challenge path is no longer relevant. But like, if we start to, I mean, I think I'd rather deal with those based on their actual consequences rather than the consequences that we anticipate. Um, but one of the other goals with the whole challenge path thing was to make it so we could do items of the month that were not optimal outside of the current challenge path. They were still fun outside of the current challenge path, but were not a thing that you would have to have for every purpose moving forward if you wanted to like be all that you could be, right? Because I've, I've lamented this over the last few years, and this is like when people are talking about how simple this item of the month is relative to other items of the month, they have to go back pretty far to get to the point where they were as straightforward as this. Right. And... I always tried to maintain a 90% of our effort is on the free game and 10% of our effort is on the premium stuff. And I felt like that was... My goal was to approach it from the opposite direction that the companies that are giving free-to-play MMOs a sort of a bad name with their practices approach it. And, like... If I feel like we're doing 90% of the work for free and 10% for the people who give us money, I feel like I'm okay with Jesus, right? Huh. Like that's that's just – I'm sure we could get away with being more mercenary in a lot of cases and would probably benefit from it, but this is how I want to run the ship, right? This is just the way that I feel. And because of this constant sort of feeling like we need to outdo ourselves and doing more and more ambitious things and having to jump through more and more hoops to make things broadly appealing um, that balance has just gotten all screwy and so one of the things that I hope to accomplish with the challenge paths was to give us one out of every three months the opportunity to do a straightforward item of the month that was you know a fun thing to play with a, a, a thing that made you powerful in ways that weren't necessarily like relevant to very high-end play like you know bigger explosions right which just don't don't matter to the to, to the dick stabbers they only matter to the people who are like oh man look at how much damage i just did to that guy in the nemesis quest that i'm doing in run because i don't care right because right. i'd rather have fun um and you know this was a way to do that as a piece of gear and it you know it wasn't a lot of work like i did i did i like all of this was me, except, like, at one point I told Chris, like, hey, could you make it, could you write it so that we can make this a free pull if you're this one class? Um, and that was, I think, 
about the only thing that anybody else did on it. And it was great. It was easy. We could focus on the other stuff that we were working on. And it was like, all right, this is just, this is a thing we got to do. This is like breathing as opposed to like the reason that we exist is to make this giant complicated item of the month. Um, you know, but, but I didn't want to, when we do an item of the month that is a piece of gear, it's already kind of niche. And I didn't want to, in making it a thing that was valuable for for Boris and not say better than the Crown of Thrones outside of Boris was like putting it in a niche inside the niche where there's no money you know so I mean I guess there was in some ways a fiscal motivation for doing it this way but the motivation was not to make more money the motivation was to not make as much less money right right going for going for maybe three quarters of an average month instead of half of an average month because making items of the month that are gear that are just simple like this is a thing that you put it on and it makes you stronger i think there are a bunch of people who enjoy that and don't want something that they have to fiddle with a lot and that it's just like all right this is just a thing this is like a thing that you put it on and it makes some numbers bigger and that's great and it probably I also did it very very late in the month it probably could have used some other avenue for getting a little bit of flavor out of it uh-huh. you know but it, it didn't it didn't have that and you know maybe maybe that's another factor in it rubbing some people the wrong way that that forum thread has more or less come around I think there's a there's a handful of loud detractors but the the things the only things that they're saying that are sort of genuinely of concern to me, I think are are just sort of wrong. You know, and the and some of the concerns that they have are just fear of change and I don't know, some of them are just trolling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see how the month plays out. I you know, I've been a little dismayed at the reaction. I am extremely surprised at the reaction. I did not expect I mean, you know, I ran this past Dev, and it was like, you know, maybe like a quarter cocked eyebrow from one out of every three dudes in there. But it wasn't like a this is going to make people very unhappy the way that the way that some things do, you know, every once in a while we'll do something and people in Dev will be like, oh, man, the forums are going to hate this. And they'll invariably be right about that. But in this one, it was like, I don't know, it was a it was a surprising overreaction. Yeah, whenever I see somebody accusing us of doing a cash grab with an item of the month, I, my response seems is you, <clears throat> well, every item of the month is a cash grab, right? It's it's an attempt, a deliberate attempt, to get you to give us money for something that you think is going to have value. Right, because that that's what we do in order to be able to afford this this delicious can of PBR that I'm drinking right now, and exactly. to continue to pay our salaries and and you know the hosting and whatever. <laughs> the time of the hosting is upon him. Yeah. Sorry, that sounded really uh, un- uh really ominous. Yeah. Uh, what would that be? That's like when you a host is like many, right? Right. Like a host is like a legion. How does that mean? Yeah. How does that mean both of those things? Like the heavenly host. Yeah. Maybe they were the army that played host to a, a 
king that accompanied the king and offered him tea and cakes like a host mm. does. It showed him where to sit. Right. Uh, was probably the cutest of the waitresses that got promoted. So that would be the heavenly hostess. Right. With the uh, Twinkies. Maybe that girl from the band Heavenly finally gave up on trying to sell any records. And uh, Have you ever heard of the band Heavenly? I haven't. Is there a band called Heavenly? There, well, there, yeah, there was at least a band called Heavenly, and they, uh, they sounded kind of maybe a little Tom Tom clubby, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, little, a little bit of a B fifty twos vibe, in that there was a guy that whose voice was not pretty, and then there were some girls singing a lot of the time. I, I dated this girl that listened to them a lot, and so I thought, oh, th- this must be a band, you know, like the other bands that she listened to a lot, like The Cure. Uh-huh. Or or whatever that like a lot of people know about, but then I've never seen anyone talk about this band since since the mid nineties. I've never heard of them. Yeah, it's just I mean it's very poppy. I don't even know if they're Americans or Brits or what. <laughs> Man, I've been away from the internet so long I forgot that you can just look up Heavenly parentheses band. Heavenly, a twee pop band from Oxford, England. I guess they are from England. Uh, they're described as twee. Yeah, I don't think you can describe a band from America as twee. I think yeah. twee, twee requires you to be wearing a lot of tweed. Oh, yeah, that's what it means. Yeah. You've been tweed. Exactly. And they, and they only make tweed in, uh, in Oxford cloth. Yes, you have to go to Oxford to get proper tweed. Twee, definition of twee, chiefly British. I'm going to pretend that that's the definition as opposed to a modifier on the definition. (laughs) Uh, Affectedly or excessively dainty, delicate, cute, or quaint. Uh, Examples of twee, the movie was a bit twee for my taste. (laughs) That is not a very illustrative example. (laughs) That twee movie was awfully twee. Yeah, yeah. Twee, he said. <laughs> uh, there was a kitty yeah. stuck in anyway. that twee, he said. <laughs> What's that, Scooby? I guess Scooby, Scooby-Doo doesn't really talk like that. Uh, who does talk? What's a character that talks with R, with W's instead of R's? Elmer Fudd. Okay, there you go. Uh, anyway, you, you, you got anything you want to you wanna add on this? Not yeah, one thing. I mean, I don't. Uh, you know, it's kind of a non-story. Yeah, I feel I like we're we are well within our rights, and not not really rights. We're we're well within the contract that we have with our players with this thing. And the people who don't understand that will eventually and calm down. Yeah, I mean, we we do have to try something different every once in a while. You know, and it, it, it's a thing that, like, the the people who are going to react negatively to, to change, uh, it's it's just part of the cost of uh, being in this arrangement that we have with you guys, right? Like, you, if we are not going to stagnate, we have to do, we have to spend some effort trying to, to be a little bit innovative, and that means doing things that we haven't done before and that means doing things that we don't know how people are going to react to and that means occasionally getting a bad reaction right right i mean i was 
I was way more nervous rolling out the pumpkin patch than I was rolling out this because that was risky. Uh, the VIP key, like the adding the VIP lounge to clans, I was I was really scared about that 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 was going to that that was going to feel like a violation of our trust and that it was going to seem cash grabby, but nobody said that about that at all and people like it. And with with the 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 pumpkin patch still the same thing but then this one i mean this one stepped on a nerve stepped on a nerve it stepped on somebody's toes and touched a nerve that i didn't know was there right and and it it, it, it all of these things are coming from the same place which is to like how can we free ourselves up to not have to keep making robot reindeers because we need something new in a box that we've already filled up over and over again right. with stuff, right? And and so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I do. It it was re- reassuring to me how, for the most part, the people who were angry about this at first either edited in a little bit of toning down to their posts or, or later on came around and were comfortable enough to say, I came around on this. Like I was mad at first, but now I, you know, now, now, like now I've calmed down a little bit. I got my senses back. Anyway, it, it makes me happy that people don't feel too embarrassed to do that. Like it, I think it, it is, it's a testament to the, tone that we maintain that people can admit when they're wrong well, or you know admit that they've decided that they were wrong or whatever and not be scared you know yeah I mean even when the forums are bad they're still pretty good I guess is the end of that story hey uh, do you want do you mind uh, uh, taking our taking our break a little early you got I anything think uh, uh, queued up for that yeah I have the music already we can okay. take it we I have like a solid like exactly 15 minutes and we're back hey back. what was right. all that frantic typing oh, I was just doing stuff on the cyber doing stuff on the internet since nobody could hear me no in space Man, I, nobody I could ruined hear me. that by talking about it Ah, boy, do I have a lot less pee in my bladder. That's good. Did you get it out the normal way? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have to do a C-section. <laughs> you didn't grab, like, a, a giant syringe and stick it up there? Yeah. Straight in. I go straight in below the belly button. Hmm. That's the only get way to be sure. <laughs> yep. Ah, all right. Uh, Melon writes in this forum thread on the topic of too many turns and the stomach stapling thread I think the biggest problem is that some consumables that were designed to be rare and powerful have become too easy to get. The most obvious example is reagent pasta and advanced cocktails. Originally only one out of six classes could summon the appropriate ingredients and there weren't enough to go around. After Ascension was implemented, anybody can summon them and as a result they flooded the market and became super cheap. Avatar Boris has shown that if you can't trivially fill up all of your organ space with really powerful stuff, that interesting decisions on what to eat emerge and the less powerful stuff becomes more valuable. If awesome quality and 
better consumables were relegated to the occasional boon rather than the baseline, I think it would be more interesting and reduce turns per day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he continues, with a mushroom plot, pasta mastery, and sauce crafting, getting six fullness of awesome quality food costs 40 meat, 20 MP, and two turns. In Ascension, I can swap the mushroom plot with sniffing a hellion. Why would I ever eat anything else? Yeah. I mean, in a way, you don't want to take away the stuff that people have worked hard for. But, you know, we do things, and then we do things that change them, and we don't necessarily balance around the new stuff, and so it, it just ends up... Yeah, you know, and, and trying to be nice most of the time results in things just getting bigger and bigger, and yeah, I don't know. That uh, that spawned a lot of discussion for something that was just sort of a offhand remark. Right. You know, it's not it's not bothering me any more recently than it has really ever bothered me. I guess <laughs> in the very beginning it didn't bother me. The food gave too many turns because everybody was like, "Whoa, what's food?" And I was like, "Cottage cheese," and also. Pasta mancers start with a bowl of noodles, so everybody make a bunch of multis, and then you can play infinite turns. Right. So then, like, another couple days, and I was like, all right, you can only eat 15 fullness worth of food now. And no, you can't have a fullness meter. Ever. <laughs> Nips writes, first and easy one, chef staff recipe for the giant candy cane, pretty please. I've even got one tucked away in my DC with my other staves waiting for the day. Eh, yeah. Uh, second, what part of the game have you enjoyed designing the most? The least? If you were to hold up a part of the game and say, this is my best design, what part of the game would it be? Uh, Boris's helm. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. What are you particularly proud of, Mr. Skullhead? As far as design goes? Well, it's in general. Hmm. hmm. I mean, like, recently... Or not so recently. I guess, you know, if you, if you were going to talk about things that I was proud of that uh, I had done. I don't know. When we rolled out the little xenomorph, I was very proud of it. When it had been out for a day, I was less proud of it. Oh, really? Yeah, I I thought it was more complex than it was, and I thought things the the things about it that I thought were interesting turned out to not be very interesting to most people, so... Mm. It was a good lesson for me that, like, this is what... These are things you have to think about when you're doing actual game design instead of just content writing. Hmm. That, like, writing a bunch of content doesn't make it necessarily a thing. I mean, I think that there are a lot of people who appreciate the parts of it that you were the most excited about in the beginning. I mean, you can't can't let the optimizer crowd convince you that only the things that they value have value, right? Right. But, so... Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I've been, I've been pretty pleased in general with the stuff that we've been doing. I'm still pretty proud of uh, Meteoid and Space Trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always held up El Vibrato as a thing that I was very proud of, but I bet if I looked at it now, I would be like, ah, this is actually kind of bullshitty, because <laughs> uh, that's been a while at this point. Uh, thanks again for letting us probe your brains about this awesome game. Well, you're welcome, Nips. We enjoy it just as much as you do. Um, anyway, Paragon99, who wrote that thing about are we worried about having too much content, he said, also, will we ever have Challenge Path reruns where old Challenge Paths award extra karma again? Or perhaps one month of an old Challenge Path four months in a row rather than four months of a new Challenge Path? Um, no. No, I don't think that will happen. 
Uh, Chilled says, quick request. When the show's being recorded, please substitute any comments or questions about the Crimbo tree with a sort of whiny, me, 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 noise. As well as the obvious benefit to the radio show, it'd be really funny and make me giggle. I don't know that there really is any of that in this thread. I think that that Tempest teapotted itself out. Now, questions. Uh, I've got... I've now got two theories for the hour of the coming and going of the Pickle Factory. Is it an April Fool's thing or just a chilled as level eight in a hardcore run thing? <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know who decided to do that this year. It was not me. I did not know until reading the devlog that the Pickle Factory was even open. I wonder if CDM just saw, just thought we did it last year, so we should do it this year. Oh, did we do it last year? Yes. Oh, okay. Because we were talking when we were talking about April Fools, we were talking about what we did last year, and one of them was that the pickle factory was out. Hmm. Yeah, we this one, this April Fools was kind of phoned in on purpose because it was like, well, every it it just gets harder and harder. Like doing an April Fools joke on your website is harder and harder with everyone that you do right? to come up with something that isn't just a thing that somebody else did you know and it's like I I don't remember if I fell for any this year I didn't but I was I thought a couple of the jokes were funny like Google's uh, Morse code app yeah I didn't see that somebody told me about that but I hadn't actually seen it I liked the 8-bit overlay for Google Maps yeah. I mean, but that didn't really seem like a joke so much as just like, oh, here's a little toy. Right. And I mean, it's kind of like when they had playable Pac-Man in the widget. There was uh, one of my favorite webcomics is The Non-Adventures of Wonderella. Uh-huh. And the web address is nonadventures.com. And so to <clears throat> for April Fool's, it was replaced with, like, the front page was replaced with No Nad Ventures, a... Uh, company that was starting up to provide testicles to neutered pets. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. In a way that only people who like anagrams think is funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could do, we could do, this is the official official website of King Domo Flothing. <laughs> um, yeah, so Pickle Factory. Woo! And then he says, uh, absolutely should you use the fossil worm image for the boner Dagon. I've been trying to get that to work since Big's Dig happened, and now I'm somehow stuck with the worm image shrunk down to the size of the boner Dagon. I would be very happy with this change. One could say it would give me a massive bone us to the amount of pleasure I had. Oh, uh, uh, three. Any chance of getting the Happy Medium's initiative boost effect in a base familiar? Yes. Uh, that, was the, that was the idea, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to try and find a place to put that familiar. I'm going to wait until it there we have an idea for a familiar or some content that we think a familiar would be a good thing to put in and that it would be thematically appropriate for it to have the initiative boost. But yeah, I, I, the definite plan is to have that initiative boost be the base uh, a base thing that a familiar does. Right. Um, any chance we could get some effect for the blackbird and crow? Oh, hey, maybe we could make them the plus initiative familiar. <laughs> uh, any chance I could do a make a KOL while still remaining on topic? Uh-huh. Gotcha. See what you did there. Yeah, I guess the Blackbird probably should do something. 
Uh, Draco Cracona says, thoughts on the reactions to the item of the month? Yeah, uh, that one we already dealt with. What would be your opinions on buffing the item of the month for outside of Boris? I don't think it's as strong as the Crown of Thrones, so some of the negative comments are that it simply won't get used outside of Boris. These do, however, ignore things like bees or future Avatar runs where you may not have access to all your familiars. Uh, buffing the familiar weight part, plus five pounds is minimal really, would be one way to strengthen it outside of Boris without making it broken inside of Boris. Um... But then he continues to this sort of deeper question here. Do you guys think that the Crown of Thrones was a mistake in terms of flexibility and power? The sheer amount of MP you can get per combat from that thing is insane, and you're getting stats at the same time with the option of more main stat if you don't need the MP. Well, I, I think that the Crown of Thrones was another case where we gave ourselves the opportunity to do things without spending a lot of time thinking about the balance, and so we ended up with another situation like the spangly sombrero on the hat rack or whatever, where we do something that requires us to just do a ton of stuff, and so our, our instincts are to try and make some of it interesting, right? And, you know, the way that you make numbers interesting in a lot of contexts in an RPG is to make them bigger, and so that's what ended up happening. You know, when we made The Crown of Thrones, if we had noticed how much MP you could get out of it from that drone thing, we probably would have toned it down right. a little bit. But then it's like, by the time we, we... We've got this sort of problem where... Well, I have this sort of problem where I have this kind of laissez-faire approach to things that people get upset about because a lot of times they'll wear off, right? A lot of times it's not really a big deal. But sometimes what will happen is that people will complain about something being too powerful. And I will think, well... Let's give it some time to see if it's actually too powerful. And then when it turns out that it is, it's like, well, because we gave it some time, people have now bought it just because of that. And right. so it would upset them if we nerfed it. You know, with non-Mr. Store stuff, it's not a big deal. But, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like we probably should have taken action, but I understand why we didn't. Um... Uh, one additional note, he says, what do you think the, of the idea of nerfing the hat for non-Boros hardcore and making it a free pull for everyone? No, I don't. I definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, eh, I'm not... I would like it if Boris's helmet became a thing that was useful to people who didn't have the Crown of Thrones, but not a thing that you had to have in addition to the Crown of Th Thrones for normal softcore play in the future. That was the goal. Right was to make something that was fun and optimal in the short term, but not a thing that resulted in the power creep of making it optimal in the long term. Um, and so, no. No, I, I don't think that I'm going to uh, spend any time making it better outside of Boris. Uh, you know, who knows? I'm famous for putting my feet in my mouth. Uh, the gap in the plot says, could the recent store activity please, please also list how much your customers paid per item instead of just how much they paid for X items together? Uh, yeah, there's there's no reason that that couldn't do that. And then, could we have an option to reset the frames to their original size? I changed mine and now they look odd, but I don't know where to put them back or to not look odd. And then also, we do... Uh, there is a way to do that. There's an option in the there's a thing in the options menu to turn off the remembering it. I don't know that it resets them to default. Um, it probably should. If it didn't, we could probably put a tiny text link with some JavaScript that did reset them to default. 
uh, alongside that link, and that would take care of it. But but there is, that is a thing that you can turn off. I realized after we did it that it creates this goofy thing because of the way that different browsers handle scroll bars. And sometimes there's a scroll bar and sometimes there's not. So you could end up with a situation where every time you logged on, it would make your character pane slightly narrower than it was last time. <laughs> um, anyway. To infinity? Yeah. WVO coin says, well, to negative infinity, or zero, as I like to call it. Also, I know nothing about theoretical math. <laughs> WVO coin writes, the foreshadowed mime doesn't have a real nose. How does he smell? Horrible. Uh... Also, the image of Boris's helm with horns askew really is irritating. Why not make a change to Boris' avatar when equipped so that it'll be annoying all, the, all of the time? <laughs> yes, I actually think that that is a great idea. And I also, somebody suggested making it, and I meant to do this and I just forgot, making it so that a hat turns your avatar into Boris even when you're not in an Avatar Boris run. Right. Philmaster Plus says, How lenient would you be towards KOL-themed slash KOL-imitating slash KOL-derived media? Comics, movies, songs, games. Obviously, I'm talking about free stuff. Free as in KOL is free to play. Um, I have always been okay with that as long as uh, it was not a thing that you're making money off of and as long as if it's a thing that you're putting out for the public to see that you, that you credit us if you use any of our text or images um, and you know if you if you want to know how to credit us uh, sincerely like it doesn't matter if it says whatever right it's just as long as your goal is to make sure that people know that you're using somebody else's stuff and that it's ours like that's that's totally fine um, I I have never wanted to like formalize that like I I, in general, do not know how I feel about Creative Commons, <laughs> but but it's certainly not a thing that I feel like would be responsible to dick around with in a commercial venture that provides a livelihood for me and all my friends, Uh-oh. you know? So, yeah. Also, he says, why no Mr. Consumables? Not consumable producers, such as Tomes, Librams, etc. How about next item of the month being exchange one Mr. A for 10 to 15 super-powered food slash booze slash spleeners? <laughs> I think that would that would bring out the mobs with pitchforks and whatnot. Yeah. Although we did do that with those Alice's Army boosters, and nobody cared. We, that was another thing we were super nervous about. People being like, oh, what the fuck, you cash-grabbing assholes? But nobody cared. Hmm. It was like... I mean, we even put in a note that's like, ah, th- this is a horrible investment. <laughs> like, this is just a bad way to spend. Like, this is only if you're impatient. And uh, nobody cared. And Darzel also suggests a- updating the avatar and then suggesting, uh, is there any chance we could have this uh, just show up and the VIP key, which is another good, uh, good idea, when we ascend rather than having to pull them. Putting them in the letter from Ralph, to me, seems like a really good idea. That that just makes a lot of sense, and like I said, it was it was just one of those things that when somebody suggested it was like fuck, that is what we should have done. Uh, this is Pokemon Band-Aids. Uh, Shop troll, I'm sorry. Says Pokemon Band-Aids were supposedly made multi-usable after one of the recent radio shows, but why aren't the boxes multi-usable? Uh, probably because the Band-Aids are handled in code that is editable in a spindler, so that was easy to do, and the boxes maybe are not. Um, you know what? I'm going to look at it while I am doing something else and see if I can edit this code while distracted hmm. and uh, make uh, make it actually work. 
I'm going to do that by drawing out my sentences. Uh, excellent day before that. I skipped this right. The staff is brilliant. Could we have more chat changing equipment? I'm thinking of something like a sick SIC crossbow of grammatical error, apostrophe S, which adds apostrophes and changes your, your, and the like. And it also gives something for moxie classes. Oh. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. Those The things that change it like that, that's a sauce that we have to use kind of sparingly, I think. Um, the staff, I wanted to make sure that it was a thing that was orthogonal to the... Not orthogonal, exactly. That it you couldn't use it at the same time as the sword, mm -hmm. right? And that it was a thing that was just equivalent to the sword, so like you'd pick which one you were the most interested in and use. That was also just like a radio thread suggestion that we talked about and then when Chris Moyer was out there he was like you know I bet that wouldn't be that hard I bet when we get home from this bar I can find a thing on the internet and write a regular expression to convert it into an array that we can use to just make this thing and I was like okay buddy and then he just did it um uh yeah I don't know about this crossbow of grammatical errors I wouldn't do That's something that was that <clears throat> that easy to fake yeah, because like if somebody really wants to troll chat by pretending they have the staff equipped, then they have to be pretty clever about it, and that's fine. But uh, something that just makes you look like you type like you don't know how to type <clears throat> will be indistinguishable from the real thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would. Turns out it. They. Uh, this is hard was were I often try to do this genderization so I've got this function called genderize that I initially conceived of as a way to uh, store in a single message both the male and female version of it uh -huh. and what it does is it takes an argument that is just a, a one or a two so, uh, or maybe it's zero or one no I think it's a one or two um and with a one, it displays everything that's in square braces. And with a two or greater, it displays everything that's in curly braces. And so sometimes I will do like W square brace AS, AS square brace, curly brace, ERE curly brace, and feel like I'm being very clever as opposed to just typing was and were and putting each of the words in the appropriate set of, of braces. And I guess you could do the same thing with it and they. I will often do for possessives, like the word, an apostrophe in square braces, an S, an apostrophe in curly braces. Hmm. Um, so yeah, but uh, we end up using it all over the place, like in plural monsters, for instance. And uh, I found it a handy shorthand for making items multi-usable, where I genderize them by the quantity that's being sent in. Uh, and I have a handy function for doing a repeated random roll. Uh, so rather than what I used to do is if you use 10 of something, I would give you a like, let's say you had a thing that gave you between four and six band-aids. If you use 10 of them, it would give you between 40 and 60. But what people discovered is that if you use 10 of them, there's a chance of getting really good luck, but there's also a chance of getting really bad luck. So if you want to get a reliable average number of band-aids out of them, it makes the most sense to use them one at a time. So I wrote a function that does a repeated random roll. Um, and 
that's what I use. So now it rolls. It, so it just like iterates through and does a number of die rolls. Uh, I think that might be done. So let's uh, build all use items and then let's go into my inventory where I have given myself a pile of uh, boxes of Pokemon Band-Aids. Um, and I shit, I guess I actually need to mark it multi-usable box of Poe. I have to mark it multi-usable so that I can test it. And that sucks. So right now, on live, if somebody tries to use two of them, uh, it will screw up. You open the tins and dump out the Band-Aids. Turns out they were mostly empty. You acquire ten Band-Aids. Okay. Using it once, and that's reasonable. Now I'm going to use it five times. That seemed to give me the right amount. So I then push all use items. And Pokemon Band-Aid boxes are now multi-usable. And it only took three times as long as it would have if I hadn't been on the radio. (laughs) But at least everyone got to have that curtain peeled back. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like there's a certain segment of the listener base that would be interested in what that process is like. Kamul says, question, do you still keep in touch with Xenophobe? If so, what's he up to? No. Uh, You know, I saw him once when he came back to the office to pick up some mail that had accidentally gotten sent there to him, but he, when he left, cut cut basically everybody off as far as I know. Um, I believe he is still living in Phoenix, so like he didn't, he didn't move back to home. Um, and he did log in to KOL, I think, uh, just because he needed, he got to a point where he needed another job. And so he was just trying to get in touch with some people that he only knew through KOL. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. It's like the the cases where, uh, yeah, you know, I there was not really any animosity about that parting. And he, he seemed to just sort of behave as though there was. Hmm. Or as though there, there might have been, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to catch up with him, but he, he just didn't seem to be interested. In, he was always, he was always like super private, you know. Yeah. Um, Wound writes in the Ascension history of a character from the character sheet. The familiar column for a uh, Age of Boris runs say no data. Is it possible to add Clancy as a default familiar with 100 percent for those runs <laughs> in that list? I know he's not really a familiar, but I think it would look better with something in there instead of nothing. Yeah, I agree. I should try to make an icon-sized uh, version of Clancy's head and have C.D. Moyer just do that. Um, maybe C.D. Moyer is listening and will make a note of that because I'm not going to. Uh, question two. Also, after reading the post about mall store history, is it possible to extend the 48-hour list? Usually I defeat the naughty sorceress, break the prism, do all my mall store management, burn remaining turns, and ascend back into a hardcore run, and then I forget about it until the next turn, time I ascend. And by that time, uh, things that sell faster are long gone. Could that be a list that shows up from five to ten days? I am guessing that we could make that longer without it being a big deal, and there's no reason not to if we can do it without it being a performance hit. Uh, question says the Nuge regarding some of the recent uh, reaction or the reaction to recent changes slash additions. Does the tone in which people present their arguments affect your willingness to take their advice slash criticism slash pat on the back? I ask, given the lack of general goodwill toward one another present in both the Crimbo Tree and the Helm of Boris threads. So, uh, really, the question boils down to, can't we all just get along? Yeah, this is a thing where I think some of the people who are the most inclined to complain are also people who really genuinely don't understand that tone is an important thing. Right. They, they, they argue, and you can't, you can't say that they're incorrect, 
in saying that the content of an argument should be the important thing instead of the tone but you also you also cannot live successfully in the world and pay attention and know people and interact with people for very long without having to concede that tone is extremely important right and and i think for for a lot of nerds making that realization is the difference between like continuing to be sort of socially awkward and outcast and like figuring out how to get along with people and starting to get laid and stuff yeah i think it's it's a way to get out of improving yourself to say well what i'm saying is correct it shouldn't matter how i say it so i'm not even going to bother trying to be polite to people because i'm keeping it real yeah, you, you think it's a, like, you you know, think it's a reaction you. to the yeah. insecurity that you feel when somebody calls you on it by just trying to stick to your guns and not admit that you're wrong? No, I think it's a, like, I would rather not have to do anything that I don't want to do and I don't want to have to be polite to people. Kind of the same thing as people who say they have Asperger's when really they're just dicks. You know, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't help the fact that I'm just totally rude to everybody. I, you know, fucking Asperger's, man. And they don't. You know, some people do, but they definitely don't. They're just using that as a get out of self improvement card. I mean, I definitely like. I went through periods of time in my life when I was like, you know what? I like so much of people's typical social behavior is just lies. And I was raised to believe that lying was wrong and that honesty is the best policy. And so I'm just going to be honest about everything all the time. And the world would be a lot better if everybody else was totally honest all the time, too. And I mean, I understand now, or I believe now, at least, why that is an implausibly naive point of view. Yeah. But it is also an extremely compelling point of view for somebody who doesn't get a lot of the nuance that allows the people around them to communicate more effectively than they can. Uh-huh. Right? And I still, you know, I still miss a lot of things. Right? Like, when I, am a, when I am around somebody who is more socially aware, they will point out things to me that were obvious to everyone except me about something that was going on uh-huh. based on context clues or, or body language in people. You know, there's always more to learn about that, and it's fucking hard, right? Like, people are complicated, and when you fuck up, it's embarrassing. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough thing. It's like, it's, it's just, it's like the, one of the, one of the penalties of greatness when you're a person who's like, got that sort of nerdy, it's like constant sense of, of wonder about things and really thinking about things, you know, instead of just doing what everybody else does and what everybody says you should do, right? It, it, it's like the downside is that you're gonna get you're gonna get excluded from things. Like you're gonna seem weird. Yeah. Uh, and it's some would argue that it's just thinking that you're the only one of all the people around you who is doing that is going to make you seem weird because it's going to make you feel superior to people and act that way. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the older that I get, the more that I realize 
all of the shit that I thought made me super special. Just, you know, because I liked certain music and didn't like other kinds of music. Or mm-hmm. because I didn't watch certain TV shows that other people enjoyed. Like, because I didn't drink beer that other people drank. That made me better than them or different somehow. And, yeah, I'm just kind of... I'm coming to realize that these choices of, like, entertainment and things that you eat and drink and shit aren't the, like, indicator of whether you're smart or not or whether you're not one of the sheeple or not. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I catch myself... I catch I mean, myself... I still do that, you know. Thinking, <laughs> thinking things like that a lot of the time, but... As I've gotten older, I certainly catch myself saying them out loud less often. <laughs> and maybe, as some of our listeners who, you know, don't like some of my opinions about things can attest, not not infrequently enough. Um, but, I mean, so then that's the other thing, right? Like, it is, it, is the, it is the penalty of a self-driven life that you're going to be misunderstood. And that people are going to say, you can't do the things that you're doing. And what they mean is that they can't do the things that you're doing, or they don't understand why you would do the things that you're doing, but it's it's going to come across as disapproval, right? I mean, it's like, uh, you know, one of the things about, like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to come out of the closet and I'm going to tell my family that this is who I am, is that some of the older members of your family are probably going to think that you're a pervert and never talk to you again, right? Like, there there are penalties to living your life on your own terms right and uh, you know the the penalties of living your life by this principle that tone is not important and that the content of your arguments is the only thing that matters one of the penalties is that a lot of people are going to think you're an asshole and they're not going to listen to you even when you're right yeah and at that point it becomes a pragmatic thing and they will say well those people are stupid and their opinion doesn't matter Right. Yeah. Except, yeah. except when those people, except when that comes from the people who are the people that they are directly trying to influence. Oh, yeah. at, at which point, at, at at some point, it gets to be like, well, you know, your arguments would pragmatically be more effective. Like you would have a demonstrable improvement in the results of your arguments if you were a little nicer right Right? so just treat it like an an experiment and do it yeah you know that said i've also gotten a lot less thin-skinned about that kind of thing because i get it it, you know it's like we can't start getting superior to the people that act like that because like you know maybe they maybe they do have asperger's you know like you got to be you got to be sympathetic for people who don't agree with this or haven't come around yet you know, and you can't get you can't get all butthurt because somebody unintentionally hurts your feelings. It's when it starts to seem like they're just trolling and using their principles as a way of being mean, right? And and getting away with it. You are you've made me better about that. Like I used to say, you know, like, I don't care what anything about anything this dude says because he's being a dick. And you would say, well, you know, he's a dick, but he has a point. And given that we're in a business where we want to satisfy our customers and make the best game that we can, we should listen to him because he has a good point, even though he's an asshole. So yeah, after I mean, for, after for years me, of that, I've, that I've gone... It's been more of just a self-preservation thing, right? Like, I can't... I know this shit is going to keep happening, and I can't let it get to me, or I'm going to be unhappy all the time. Yeah. 
documents. You yeah. notice that I uh, I don't post in the forums a lot now because I don't I don't get that urge to rant as awesome as as <laughs> often as awesome. Yeah. yeah, Freudian slip. Rant is awesome. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. I it's it's kind of like this. There, there was this weird. I remember having a, a, a like a sort of an uncharacteristically open conversation with somebody that I just met on on the the cruise uh, where she said and this was like uh, this was uh, the the uh, it was like a guy I, I'd met that uh, the guy that made the Eberron campaign setting and gloom the Keith uh, guy and he introduced me to his wife and then he had to go do something and so I was just standing there talking to his wife so like there was a marginal context in which like alright we gotta be at least like vaguely similar right, right. because I wanted to meet this guy and you wanted to marry this guy so whatever <laughs> um, it's not like you're gonna make fun of me for being for being like having an outsider interest in Dungeons and Dragons for instance right, right? Um, but she was talking about how she was used to conventions like in the industry that she worked in she went to a lot of conventions with like salespeople and stuff and she really liked the ways in which people at a nerd convention were just really free to express themselves and be who they were in a safe environment and I I said and this was normally a thing that like would get me in trouble a little bit right that could potentially I was like yeah I, I like that also but I am sometimes made a little bit uncomfortable by some of the stuff that emerges as a result of that right like people being in like weird poly relationships and stuff and just just being extremely open about that right and guys giving girls hickeys in a corner of a room. Yeah. Where there are and, 50 and people. It, so it's like, in a way, you use the openness of this of this kind of community and the, and the acceptance that you get, that you don't normally get in polite society, to do things that are just inappropriate. <laughs> you know, and that, that are, that you don't, you don't buy into this, but they're inappropriate for a reason in, in society at large, right? And what what occurred to me, and the, and the way that I the way that I expressed this to her was like, I do think that people are entitled to acceptance, right? People are entitled to be able to be who they are without somebody being an asshole to them or beating them up or not letting them into the restaurant uh-huh. or whatever about it, but. People are not entitled to reassurance, especially people who are doing something that is not a non-standard way of going about your life. And and it's the same thing, right? If you are going to do a thing, if you're making the decision to do a thing that most people don't do, it's okay for you to not want people to be mean to you, but y- you can't like demand that people give you a high five about it. Uh-huh. You know, like y- you can't. You can't hold everything about yourself up as a badge of honor. So you can and expect somebody that you don't know to react to it positively. Like that's that's just sort of a an unfair encroachment on somebody else's sensibilities that might differ from yours, whether they're a bigot or your your slightly racist grandma or somebody that you think would be a kindred spirit, you know. So you're saying that if 
you if somebody walks up to you and says, "Hey, I'm a furry," you they have the right to not expect you to like punch them in the face, but they don't have the right to have you go, "Oh, that's awesome, dude! Furries are rad." Yeah, I I guess part part of what was getting me at it. I don't know that I need to know anything about the sex life of somebody that I met five minutes ago. Ah. Uh-huh. So even and if that it's, is, and that, even so if this it's is back to me vanilla. being a prude. Well, it, I think that's true. That it is true that a lot of people who are in like an open sexual relationship are really open with their talking about it, and it makes you just as uncomfortable as it would be if like I talked to you about in detail about my completely vanilla heterosexual relationship, monogamous sure. relationship. And but that, I mean, I think it reasonable. would make a, I think it would make a lot of people uncomfortable, sure. right? I mean, because it's because uh, you know, and I mean, partially it's maybe I don't know. It's weird. It's weird for me in a context where I am broadcasting to thousands of people an entirely filterless expression of the things that are going on in my head, right? But I'm fairly private about that kind of stuff, right? It's the, it's the same thing about like you know, it's like there is absolutely nothing wrong with being a gay dude and it is totally wrong to discriminate against somebody on that basis but I am not going to trip over myself responding positively to a guy who shows up wearing a rainbow dude fucker club t-shirt and goes around giving every dude a back rub that he just meets Uh right because it's like okay like you're just kind of trolling Right, you, I, it, I cannot imagine a motivation for doing that that isn't making people uncomfortable. And it's like you're daring somebody to be a bigot, and that's a little obnoxious. I guess the test is: Would it be obnoxious if a guy came in with a like, "I like to fuck chicks" shirt and started giving back rubs to all the women? Like, yeah, I, no, I think that would be super would creepy. Be, and even if a woman did the same thing with guys, that would be uncomfortable and inappropriate. Yeah. And, like, I don't... I mean, I don't think that it's okay to go out into the world wearing a t-shirt that has the word fuck on it. <laughs> right? I mean, it, like, I, I don't know that I think there should be a law against it, but I just wouldn't do it. In the same way that I wouldn't wear a t-shirt that was like, I believe in evolution. Because, you know what, fucking of course I believe in evolution, but I'm not going to wear a shirt, the primary purpose of which is to start shit with people. Right. Well, like right. you're not going to put a, a bumper sticker on your car about the abortion debate for one side or the other. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, this is a different, different thing <laughs> entirely. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I, uh, yeah. Part of it is it's impossible for me to tell whether... I am just reacting to the natural sort of squeamishness I get about the sex lives of strangers or even the sex lives of close friends that I just sort of don't want to hear about. Right. Uh, you know, or, or what. But, but yeah, I mean, that's... A, the, it, is, it is strange territory to be in. Like, there didn't used to be, with the possible exception of, you know... Well, I mean, there didn't even used to be Star Trek conventions 30 years ago, but we didn't used to live in a world where we regularly went to convocations of hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of the most socially awkward people on Earth. Right. 
right? And and so there are these weird social dynamics that emerge at every possible crossroads of normal social behavior and awkward nerd social behavior. Right. And there's also a lot less, you know, like being able to spend time around a bunch of people who are the same as you makes you feel maybe like, well, okay, this is how people are. And you start to generalize and then you can't understand why the norms are weirded out by you. You know, but, but you sort of come to this realization that the norms are not a group of people. It's just most people who aren't like you. Right. And so it's a different set for everyone. And it's, yeah, you know. But regardless, tone is extremely important. And people on the internet could use some more of it. There. That was easy, wasn't it? When you say something on the internet, do you imagine saying it to a person? I can't think if I do or not. I tend to write a draft and then rewrite it. Yeah. For like for the KOL forums, for like for something like Facebook, say, which is where I do the vast majority of my arguing these days, it's harder to forget that you're talking to people and it's harder to forget that my parents are reading it. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. I I do write a lot of forum posts and then just don't submit them. Right. Right. If I if I write something and then I realize is this telling anyone anything or is this just saying fuck you to this guy in a more polite way? Right. Uh, and if it's the latter, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's just it's it's senseless, you know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I think about it as like imagining if I were saying this to somebody to somebody's face. Right, but I think that's a filter that a lot of people could use. Yeah. And it would make them a lot less dicky on the internet. You like, look at dicky on the internet? Also, check out my new web series, Dicky on the Internet. <laughs> I'm wearing uh, a dicky mm-hmm. right now on the internet. You getting dicky with it? Yeah. Dator Sojat says, I asked this last week, but distracted chick is distracted. Any chance we could get a turn in all button during the war? It would save a lot of tedious clicking. Uh, or is the answer ask Uncle CDM? No, the answer is what it always is, which is eventually I need to look at that stuff, get disgusted by how unfriendly it is, and spend some time redoing it. But that kind of thing is a hard thing to prioritize. Right. Uh, Diabolico says there's a lot of talk about the Boris Helm, but I'm super happy about it and have a flavorful suggestion. Uh, and then this is the guy that suggested the uh, making it switch your avatar, and I like it. I like it, and I'll probably do that tomorrow. Um, good night, good work. I'll more than likely kill you in the morning. Side note, I got an Age of Boris tattoo, but not the hardcore shiny one when I finished my run. How did that happen? I don't know, man. I think I did that expecting it to just work, but maybe it didn't. Right. K says, Why is it that when people hear complaints, their natural response is to sling personal insults at the complainer? I think those people are stupid and dumb. Uh, I have another question. As a Minnesotan, I share a state with Mr. Skullhead. Logically, I'm sure there will someday uh, come a time when I end up saving his life, probably by pushing him out of the way of a Zamboni piloted by a trio of ornery beet farmers. When that day comes, would you guys be willing to make a custom item for me? And thanks. Of course, I'd still save Scully's life if you said no. Just wondering. 
sure. If any, if any of you ever save one of our lives, we will give you a custom item. So what that's doing is encouraging people to create extremely dangerous situations that they can then save Yeah, us. I was going to say, the, the caveat on that is if you intentionally endanger my life in order to save it, you do get a kick in the nuts instead. Yep. Uh, Russell Butter saying uh, a suggestion about uh, the whole request sandwich thing, which, like, yeah, again, the stumbling block there is me figuring out the right way to present it. So it's, it's just, it's a thing. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that it's a good idea. I know it's a thing people want. And I'm sorry I haven't done it. Uh, Anchorite asking if we can make the dill and the wad of dough combinable into a dildo. And no, uh, I don't think so. Seth Rell is uh, expressing his appreciation and excitement for April's item of the month, which thanks, buddy. Uh, Rule says two questions. What's the status on the gallery? Uh, eventually. Any chance of an update while Age of Boris is still on? Probably n- not. Fuck, I don't know, man. It's so hard to predict when, when I'm going to feel strong enough to do something about that. And I you know, sorry that that's how it works. But this, this really is a world driven by the whims of a madman. Any chance of removing teleportitis from the three gates? From a speed perspective, it's rather stupid. You have to postpone the thing until level 13 to have a shot at the best possible run. Yeah, yeah, I'm a whiny speeder out to ruin the fun for everybody else. I don't think it would really ruin the fun for everybody else if we removed teleportitis from the... I don't think it would ruin anybody's fun if we removed the three gates. Right. At the end of the day, so... Um, HKC says, On Thursday, Hot Stuff sounded most unimpressed with VI or Vim, whatever. Does that mean he's one of those Emacs weirdos? That would make me sad. Yeah, Hot Stuff is a dyed-in-the-wool Emacs weirdo. Uh, something else uh, I asked about, and apologies if it was answered. Is there an explicit list of names that can't be part of a character name? If so, can we see it? I was a little surprised to find that I couldn't make a multi-name Dr. Boo Barnacle or the like. I think the reason that you couldn't make a multi-name Dr. Boo Barnacle is that somebody already did that. <laughs> um, the only explicit list of names that can't be part of a character name is our names, and you know it might only be just the two of us actually, hmm. because it, I mean that was just like preventing the obvious trolling, like Mr. Skullhead is a faggot, you know, which there there were too many variations on that, and too many people trying to express that sentiment. Um. I don't even know if we... Yeah, I don't know. Any d- any account that has ever been disabled, you can't make an account with that name. So, that's a thing. Uh, Alter of Literacy uh, says Bar2D2. Why is it not your, your, and your? Like Y-O-R-E. Well, we're going for not homophone confusion, but uh, an actual failure to understand. Right. Plucky wrote a novel... Uh, about the moon signs and uh, balancing of them and uh, the balance of the different moon sign zones is going to be a thing that happens organically uh, over time and not probably by way of some initiative to balance them right. um, but yeah oh it looks like uh like uh, Choo Choo says, is character name change still something that will never be done, or are you guys more open to the idea now that you're a few months older and wiser since the last time I asked? No, it's still a hassle. Still a hassle. Uh, ooh, Astari Asuka says, what would you think about having a slash commendation chat channel, which unlocks permanently for earning any of the challenge path commendations? Hmm. I, I, you know, I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Uh... If CDM is listening and wants to do that, he should do it. Hi, CDM. If you're listening, we really like you. 
and thanks for working for us. Uh, huh. Lightwolf says, no worries about Feast of Boris now. The Pickle Factory showed up for people in runs, and the sky did not, in fact, fall. The Boris flavor content is also cool. I mean, I don't think the Pickle Factory means that do it, like... The Pickle Factory showing up unexpected is different than somebody deliberately starting a run prior to the Feast of Porus. I mean, we got to make up our minds tomorrow about how we're going to handle that, but I think we're going to err on the side of safety. And uh, uh, How about let's err on the side of Migo get some dinner? Uh, I find that it's always best to err on the side of dinner. Or, er, technically, technically... Getting dinner with a side of air. Yeah. Technically, it's a err. To err is human. To mm-hmm. forgive divine. So uh, keep that in mind tonight while you're eating dinner. Uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next week then. Bye, everyone.